0: this level of perfectionism that they have to try to achieve often has led them to focus on weaknesses, focus on what do I need to fix? to get to that perfect state, to get to where I really want to be. And through that process, seeing that when you spend so much time on perfectionism, when you spend so much time focusing on weaknesses, you can often hit a wall and you hit a barrier. So sometimes it serves you well, but at some point it burns you out. And I've found that strengths-based leadership is a great cure to that burnout, to understand how to not focus on the weaknesses, but really look at what am i really strong in what am i good in and through that find where does my passion lie and then that journey taking you to creating a strength based mindset living a strength based life creating strength based cultures wherever you go and then leaning into that to really get to achieve more of what you
1: want Hey there, my friend, welcome to the Powerful and Passionate Healthcare Professionals Podcast. I'm your host, Sabrina. I am a cardiothoracic surgery PA with a background in public health and neuroscience. I'm also your peak performance coach. I had to say no to working extreme long hours where I was always on call and feeling exhausted, underappreciated, and undervalued, and said heck yes, to a life and career that elevates my energy and passion without compromising my health and sanity. Now, I'm among the mission to support ambitious healthcare professional like you with a demanding career to become a confident leader who are living purposefully and fulfilled to truly be both a powerhouse in your career and a passionate person in life. Let's start our journey today. Hi, everyone. This is Sabrina. Welcome, welcome to another episode of the Powerful and Passionate Healthcare Professionals Podcast, and we have been granted to do linking Live. So, we're trying this out and see how it goes. And so we're having another exciting episode today for our special guest, Ms. Ashi Arroya. here. She is an international credentialed and certified executive coach. And she specializes in supporting healthcare professionals to rise in leadership and she has a background including 20 plus years as an executive leadership coach in the academia environment healthcare with the university of california system where she administered over several specialties in medicine pediatrics radiology as well as being the cfo of the school of medicine and she has understood really deeply the complexity of balancing a professional life and personal life and all at the same time, how can we be that strong healthcare professional practitioner that we thrive to be after all these years of schooling and then dive deeper into building our professional image and then be that strong person for our clients, for our patients. And she's been around coaching philosophies, centered around power of positivity. And we have a lot of in common in that thing since I was trained so much on positive intelligence and to be able to create that strength-based mindset for your leadership success. So without further ado, please welcome Ashi. how are you? Hi, Sabrina, thank you, I'm great. Thanks for having me on here. Yeah, I think it's exciting for all of us to be in a place that we can connect. The two of us met through a mutual friend. We just hit it off and then, hey, why not do a podcast episode?
0: (laughs) Why not? I'm so glad to be here.
1: Yeah, so tell us a little bit more about your background, where you started, what really attracted you to go into this specialty field in healthcare leadership as compared to doing something else in the healthcare field?
0: Yeah, thanks for asking. So I've been in healthcare lifelong. My parents are both physicians. And so growing up and seeing them in their clinical practices as well as working in their clinical practices in high school helped always draw me to healthcare administration at a very young age. So people ask, why didn't I go into the practice of healthcare? Well, to be quite honest with you, I'm terrified of needles. And so when I had to take an anatomy class in college and was passing out, I realized like, this is not going to work well for me. So the next best thing is to really help support the practitioners and support the healthcare environments. And so I went on to do just that. And through the course of my career, I was always drawn to a lot of mentoring and teaching and training and later coaching and found that in every operational role I had, even in every executive role I had, I really enjoyed the relationship coaching that I did with various practitioners, clinicians, as well as other administrators that were similar to me and so made a switch, a big switch in my career to do executive coaching full time and love supporting the people that support so many others. And especially during this COVID time in the last couple of years, like now almost last year and a half that what's been happening in the world and the strain it's had on healthcare practitioners, I feel so fortunate to be able to be in this role to help support them.
1: Yeah, thank you so much for even stepping into this role. Uh, for sure, it was something you mentioned, the anatomy class is totally a wing-off class for a lot of people, whether you already got into your grad program and it was making it as one of the toughest class to see how you can handle it and versus you just know early on, hey, it's okay, it's not me. I don't have to get my hands dirty. I can support people in different ways that can create these amazing changes for these clinicians, the organizational based, and uh, for the patient themselves. And so thank you so much for uh, being here, being able to support all of us to be that person that we wanted to show up be. Was that something that even when you're going through school or even your career path and then kind of formed these little steps to get you to this point and then you're like, this is it, right? I'm so solid in what I'm doing. Yeah, no that's a really good question. I think I had,
0: you know, people find passion in different ways and it took me many years to kind of find that passion and sometimes you find passion through adversity and so you have certain low moments in your life that help you realize that what's really important to you and not only just what you're good at but what you really love and enjoy doing. And so there were definitely different stages at my career that helped me understand that this is what I really enjoy doing. One of them was understanding my own imposter syndrome, which I know is not the focus of today's talk, but it definitely helped me understand the power of strengths and strengths based leadership, which is a focus of this talk. The other area what I saw is like, especially with me working with so many physicians, I'm also married to a physician, my brother's a physician, my sister-in-law, like there are Many, many physicians and engineers throughout my family and close friends, I found that they've had to compete so much to get to where they're at. And this level of perfectionism that they have to try to achieve often has led them to focus on weaknesses, focus on what do I need to fix to get to that perfect state, to get to where I really want to be. And through that process, seeing that when you spend so much time on perfectionism, when you spend so much time focusing on weaknesses, you can often hit a wall and you hit a barrier. So sometimes it serves you well, but at some point it burns you out. And I've found that strength based leadership is a great cure to that burnout to understand how to not focus on the weaknesses but really look at what am i really strong in what am i good in and through that find where does my passion lie and then that journey taking you to creating a strength based mindset living a strength based life creating strength based cultures wherever you go and then leaning into that to really get to achieve more of what you want
1: right It's such a great point that you brought up. I think as the clinicians, we are trained in school of competing. Where are your rankings? right for people who go into residency or even those of us don't have residency you still are labeled where are you laying on the bell curve even though no one really cares which patient of you gonna ask you what was your gpa when you're in school right <laughs> and then we also get trained us we have to do all these research you got to be published you gotta have your name left and right and then we feel like as you're saying the professionalism also, something that I talk about in positive psychology is the high per achiever sabotaging tendency. I better get to another level, another title, so I can one-up myself even. And it's not even for competing with other people at that point. It's really you constantly just competing with yourself. And of course, it's going to be more stressful and then feeling like more weight on your shoulder instead of seeing... Hey, you already accomplished a lot, but how often have we reward ourselves instead of continuously picking another project, picking another committee just to be involved, just to get somewhere else instead of realizing all the good stuff that you did. Maybe you should just do more of that and that will make you get to where you need to be faster.
0: Yeah. And finding that right balance, right? So what you're talking about is that inner competition that keeps. It may be what is helping you drive forward, but what are you driving forward towards? And so purpose and balance, creating what is your purpose, having that self-actualization, like what is my purpose? What am I really striving for? And then balance, what am I going to do when I get there? And is, is this what I need for my life to create that balance? I think burnout often occurs, especially for clinicians from this constant overachieving mentality. And, oh, I'm not good enough, and I won't feel like I'm good enough till I hit X, Y, Z. And sadly, also the healthcare environment, there are environments that also promote that, right, with other people around saying, you're not good enough, you need to do this, you need to do more. You, like you mentioned, you need to publish. When you're in a teaching environment, you need to teach more. You need to do, do all three, clinical teaching and research. And until you do all three, you're not good enough. But it's like, how do I create that inner balance to say, yes, I am good enough? And that's where I think leaning into that power, of positivity, and strengths can really help.
1: Exactly, and that is also the way that we have to figure out what are these triggers that made us feel like we're not enough, or you already feel like you got these title, people respect you, but how are you filling that internal tank of knowing that you are good and not seeking the external? approval just to get to somewhere right and i believe even as we're talking about that professionalism yes it's your inner critic the inner judgment what i call myself is that itty bitty shitty committee of know <laughs> right she's just chiming away all the no, freaking no. time <laughs> and then she can't stop and if yeah. she can't stop and then i feel like uh there must be something wrong in this case. Well, is there something wrong with me? Right Again, with what you're saying, we focus on what's been wrong. Let me fix something. Or maybe the whole team is not doing what they need. How come I'm the one who has to carry this low? If I have to fix this, I have to evaluate. right? But then it's what? like Then the ego plays into part. You put yourself into such tight spot that you feel like no one else can even help us instead of the thinking of how do I activate my resources and then the right ones and then be able to let go some of that control to tap into these things. So, I mean, for sure, right? Like, what would you say some of the bigger triggers that you see with the leadership team you deal with?
0: Yeah. So I think I mentioned culture, right? Culture is a big one. And so often I'll hear, oh, no, no. Like you hear extremes, you hear the, yes, there's really bad culture, toxic culture leading to burnout. And then sometimes you hear the other stream, which is like, no, everything's fantastic, everything's fine. And that's the one I worry about more because there's a lack of awareness to what is happening. And there is, and you know, we could get off on a tangent on implicit bias in healthcare, but implicit bias exists everywhere. And it's definitely prominent in healthcare. And so having an awareness to the culture around and how it feeds into promoting weaknesses and promoting this negative culture is really, really critical. And so how do we flip the dialogue? How do we stop thinking about our teams as what's wrong with our team or what's wrong with individuals? Instead, ask the questions of what's right with our team? What's right with the individuals in our team? What are the strengths of those individuals? And how can we leverage those towards the goals that we're trying to achieve? And so if, for example, we are trying to, you know, we're, we're running a clinic and we're trying to add more patients to our clinic. We're trying to promote our services. Let's start with the culture inside the clinic of the staff that are there and ask them, bring them together and ask them for ideas. And you start seeing the strengths of your team to say like, okay, the, me as the physician leader, I'm not the one who has to do it alone. I can bring in others to also help me with those ideas. When we talk about strengths-based leadership, something very fundamental and small to start with is to try to list out what our individual strengths are. And there's an assessment tool I'm certified in through Gallup that can do this. It's called the Clifton Strengths Assessment Tool. But you can also do this ad hoc. You can do it for yourself. You can ask others, family and friends to do it for you. And then you can also do it for individuals you work around. And so I'm sure that if not most, but all the people listening on here are leaders in some capacity. And strengths-based leadership starts with that awareness to what are the strengths of the individuals around me and my own strengths. And so some of those strengths can be general words, you know, like, I'm high in ideation. I come up with a lot of great ideas. I'm very organized. I'm dependable. Others can be, I'm clinically strong in this niche area. There's an array of those soft skill strengths and also those technical skill strengths and listing them out and actually having conversations and flowing and understanding like who all has what are those strengths and how do we tap into those to really create more of those strengths-based cultures.
1: Yeah, for sure. Even just simplify, one of the things that I ask my clients for those, I is more of the private practice world, right? Like you yeah. have the big uh, organizational world. One thing I look into more of an individual so you can empower yourself and then work with your team is how do you want it to show up? right? Even on a daily basis, just pick three words, right? These three words can be your strength and it can be just the way that you wanted to deliver yourself. And then you check in with yourself every morning, because if we can predetermine our mind into this is the way that I'm going, then no matter what happens, we don't have to go back to that fine fly state because we didn't do any preparation. So if that strength is, you're going to be a fantastic active listener, So then yes, anything happens, you're going to want to be in the place to listen to what they say and not just watching all the chaos from happening. And at the end of the day, then we can reward ourselves by thinking about how did I already show up in that way? Instead of did I do that? I'm just making a full sentence of I did listen really well to who and how, right? And then you give yourself that reward and sense of, hey, I did awesome today. I show up the exact how I perceive to be. So it kind of matches in what you're saying about finding out your strength, or even there's are certain areas that you want to dive deeper. And then you give yourself that direction to go into.
0: Yeah. And also asking at the end of the day, what went well today? And how did I, and to your point, how did I use my key strengths in what went well today? And so it's like reinforcing that positive thinking and Your mind will go where you want it to go. So if you tell yourself today is going to be a bad day, it's going to be a bad day. If you tell yourself today, I'm going to show up, like you said, with those three strengths, then you're going to show up with those three strengths. It's pretty powerful how we can control our minds and how we can set an intention and lead our positive thinking towards that intention. So if you set an intention to say, I'm going to claim my strengths and then I'm going to honor them you're gonna find them showing up in more and more what you do. And that positive mindset, if you will, to create that helps energize and push you towards what you're passionate about. And it helps you then lead a more balanced life because you're leading it with positivity, not negativity.
1: Exactly. And by research, we know both from the neuroscience side and the psychology side, any one negative thought and experience, it takes at least three positive ones to replace it. Now, some research even show as many as 10 positive ones, right? So no matter what, you have a minimum 75% to 25% rule. And what, are you allowing yourself to do uh, live in joy, live in actively brain joy to yourself and repelling the things that are just not going to serve you where we are allowing ourselves just get stuck, criticize ourselves, right? Like a the itty bitty shitty committee like, yeah. chime away. We're allowing ourselves to say, no, no, that's not me. I'm good. That's just my brain created this for- false persona that's chiming at me right? And then there is no longer is me criticizing me. It just, this is not who I truly are. My true self are those strengths that you identified, are the things that you are aiming to create the natural things in your flow. So can we just simply honor to say the life is already difficult. I don't have to choose to live in that difficult state. Yeah. And speaking of which
0: about your itty-bitty shitty committee. I love that. One of the strategies I use with some of my clients when we're trying to promote more strengths-based mindset and create more of that strengths-based leadership culture and is thinking about how do we take that inner committee, our inner voices, and drown it with more positive voices. So one strategy there is creating either an inner advocate or your own inner committee that is constantly talking to you about your strengths, is constantly saying you did great today and here's how and here's why. Because those negative voices, you've had them your whole life. Like they helped to protect you at one point, especially in the younger years, right? They helped you to stay safe and secure. They're not gonna go away. But how do we minimize them with more of the positive voices? And so think about maybe that one person in your life, that one person in history, maybe a family member, someone you're close to that was that advocate or that ally for you that can be that stronger voice. Sometimes you need a committee, sometimes you just need one strong voice in your head that's battling that committee.
1: You're so right. We needed to play into what have happened in the past That those are or strong foundation, whether it's that person or yourself in a moment of your life that you just like, I was so flourished, right? I was great in that moment. So if myself at that phase talking to myself now, what would I say? Right. And you put yourself in almost that third person perspective and no longer kind of stuck in that moment of emotional struggle. Or you can also play as if I'm an 80-year-old self, I'm so happy about all the life I have created. I'm sitting in my rocker and think about this moment right now when I'm struggling. What would I tell myself, right? Like, Mm -hmm. can you use some of the visualization to really change your perspective and not just whatever happened and then you feel like, oh, I just got to fix it. But then you're so like excited, right, <laughs> in a way that is like boiling your blood pressure and then your heart rate is chasing after you, of course, you're not going to pivot yourself into that amazing empowered state. When we talk about being more innovative, being more resourceful, more empathetic, able just to activate yourself to do. So yes, it's amazing to think about like, how do we pivot? right? And then there's plenty other exercise out there as well. Ash, do you have some one other exercise that you typically share with others?
0: Yeah, the brag book. This is a pretty popular one. I think that people sometimes struggle with it because especially high achieving professionals that you find a lot in all across healthcare is that level of confidence versus arrogance. And I often tell them that, It's really hard to go to the level of arrogance completely unless you're a true narcissist, which most people are not. The majority, 99% of people aren't. And so when you're looking at how to really build confidence, which is part of strengths-based leadership, is exerting that confidence and having that inner confidence. A brag book is a really great tool what you do is every day or every few days, you write down what went really well. So when we talk about at the beginning of the day, what strengths am I gonna lean into today? And then at the end of the day, what went well? How did I use those strengths? You can brag about it. And your brag book is a collection of those achievements, accolades, awards, and anything you think you've done well. And it's a constant reminder that you are doing it well. This is how you're using your strengths. And the more you remind yourself of it, the more it's going to naturally flow into your life and flow into not only your professional, but your personal life as well.
1: Exactly, perfectly said. When people are talking about morning routine or night routine, right? It's just like the book, Morning Miracles. Yes, there's multiple different things that you can do. You just need to find something that will match your lifestyle and whatever mm-hmm. works for you. So one thing I bought is this journal, right? Instead of writing to-do lists on there, right? Like my uh, instead of the calendar going, I wrote down that one thing that popped into my mind, At the end of the day, that was just good. Whether Mm -hmm. it's as simple as I had a great conversation with a friend that I haven't been speaking to for weeks, or I cook a great meal uh, and I just wanted to record that. So it could be anything really truly happening in your life, or it could be business. So we can just, as you say, brag about it. It's not anything about, oh, you're too prideful about everything you achieve, but you're validating yourself. And something else I also suggest is you can even pick out these things that you wrote before and then read them out loud. So mm-hmm. you remember how all these amazing things that have happened in your life. And it's not just only the moment of capturing. You actually have so many things that have been so well throughout your life.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Anytime you think of something, you write it down. Even if it's not that day, it's from the past, it's from the
1: younger years, whatever it is.
0: Something that you're proud of and that showcases one of your strengths.
1: Yeah, amazing. I know it's definitely hard to stay in this positivity. We're not saying you're yeah. going to be just positive all the time, but we're saying we're recognized there's going to be judgment into play, professionalism, controlling high achiever, plus all the other subcategory of sub tendencies we all have but it's okay that we have them we all have them right like at the time that you felt like no no that's not me you're already judging everything and that's okay and just even identify to say oh i called it out i know that's my judgment speaking and then you can be like okay how do i get myself into a more peaceful more alert state then I can play into my empowered side of me to be able to make the better decision, be more logical, more curious, right? And then to be able to find the resource to move forward. And it's okay, it's a process that we always practice. And that's why mental fitness is still a muscle right it's just like yeah. a physical fitness yeah. and it's hard to be great in every aspect of our life and make us human and that's why it makes you so unique and amazing because something that comes so easy to you is not going to be the same for us right and then that's how you stand out and i do ask our speakers that we know you're our expert as she's an expert in leadership. How do you use the positivity, different way of coaching to get yourself into that best leader? But it's hard for all of us just to be amazing at everything. And then I know I'm not there either. So I asked our speakers to take a quick holistic life assessment. And that is actually I condensed from my hundred question with my client down to the 10 questions, just to, yeah. for people to know by self-determination theory, the more we reflect, the better we get to. So what did you thought about when you took the assessment before I tell you?
0: <laughs> I'm a big fan of taking assessment tools. I love continuous learning. And the more I learn and go deeper about myself, the better I can learn and go deeper with my clients to help them. So I was pretty excited as I was taking the assessment. And it helped also give me a bit of awareness, too. I've been spending so much time, especially during this COVID year, helping to support my husband, who's been a first responder, my children, who have been dealing with being at home in the virtual environment. It gave me a good moment to pause and go, okay, what am I doing for myself through this process? I mean, and and my business and whatnot, but what am I doing for me? And so that was kind of running through my head as I was going through it.
1: Yeah, that's amazing. And you have a lot of strength. So emotional well-being, it was one of the top one. love and family. So clarity states, right, at where you are. And then quality of life, financial intelligence, and career. And then the lower ends are your personal character, the life mission, and social life. Are you surprised or are they pretty much where you yeah. think you are?
0: Yeah, it doesn't surprise me. I mean, especially like with COVID, Even though I'm a natural extrovert, I definitely went into a bit of a cocoon in COVID. And so it will be nice as things are starting to open up to rebuild that social side and reconnect with people I haven't connected with in a long time. So, yeah, that doesn't surprise me. And then when it comes to that life mission, I have a lot of clarity of where I'm at here. I know that I have a purpose to help and to create impact. How I define that over time is still something that I'm working on so.
1: Oh, that's amazing. Thank you so much for your authenticity, for sharing with Mm -hmm. all of us. I know there's so much more we can talk about. Uh, (laughs) And then there's going to be a lot of people who wanted to even chat with you to help them to be the best leader for their team, for their organization, and then just for themselves, really, right? And at the end of the day. uh, So how could people get in touch with you and talk to you or checking out some of the services that you provide?
0: Yeah, thank you. So the fastest way to get a hold of me is message me on LinkedIn at Ashi Aurora, and I'm open to creating new connections all the time with a multitude of professionals. My website is iriseexecutivecoaching.com. That's the name of my company. And I'm also on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram under ashi.irise.
1: Amazing. Well, thank you for joining us today. And thanks everyone for just taking the time to listen to us. Whether you're watching this live or listening on the podcast, we appreciate you for opening your ears, your eyes, and just be in a place to absorb all the goodness in the world for yourself. We would love to hear from you, so make sure you're subscribed to the show so you don't miss out on any amazing episodes, and please leave us a comment or review so we know how to best support you as we go forward. Thanks everyone, until next time, bye guys! Bye! Thanks Sabrina! All right, my friend, how did you love this episode?